0: <clears throat> wow, we we are doing it again. This is twenty three. Oh, this is gonna be the Michael Jordan of podcasts. Uh, who knows? But uh, you never know where it's all gonna flow and how it's all gonna go until you do it. And we're gonna do it, and we're gonna come through with it. Uh, this is the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Welcome. Thank you for listening, I'm your host, Rob Cantrell, coming to you live, in direct, from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, You know, we're just settling in, I'm figuring this all out. I got a great episode for you. I am uh, drinking, sipping on some Ethiopian coffee. Uh, This is from a coffee shop, I got these beans from a coffee shop here in New York called Think Coffee think these dudes are from Manhattan uh, but somebody gifted me these beans and I was like yo let's try this shit out but actually it ended up being a really great bag of coffee and it tastes great uh, dark chocolate cherry lime this is called Kellen Sioux Ethiopia uh, this, this is heavy man uh, this is from Ethiopia but each bag of these uh go money each bag of these that are sold goes to uh ethiopia and kelansu ethiopia has a high rate of school dropouts among teenage girls this is what i'm reading off the think coffee website the principal reason is the inaccessibility of feminine hygiene products, which keep many at home. Your purchase of this coffee supports the project to provide feminine hygiene kits to the girls in Kelensu. That's great. So far the girls have stayed in school thanks to many of 1500, kits distributed. Yeah, this is from this is helping out Ethiopia and helping out the girls. I don't know much about this. I don't want to go too deep into this. Uh, but I do think it's cool, and my friend bought them, so, uh, shout out to my friend that bought him. I won't give him a shout out, I think he has a government job, I don't want him, I don't want, I don't want to shout anybody out that doesn't want to be shouted out, uh, but it's great coffee, and it's from Ethiopia, and it's a bomb, I would check it out, I got a French press of it, but I also stopped by my friend, and I did have a espresso earlier. So I'm evening it out with a nice sip of seltzer water. Um, so yeah, I am uh, also have some sour diesel. I got a few, a little bit of flour here, a few nugs of flour of the classic, you know, my favorite. I would say sour diesel. Sour diesel, and then there's this other. I like headband. Uh, headband won the cannabis cup the time I. Uh, hosted some events in Amsterdam in 2007, I think that was. Why not? You can look it up. It's on YouTube. Um, when did I Rob Cantrell Amsterdam. Let's see. Uh, Rob Cantrell Amsterdam. I don't want to just Google myself and plug myself, but I just, once you start talking, the, this was nine years ago. Yeah, there it is. High Times Cannabis Cup. I'm doing a set. Uh, I'm a little bit all over the map in that set, but that was fun. Um, And that was nine years ago, nine years ago. And so what would that, that would be 2010, 2009, 2010. That sounds about right. Uh, Comedian Rob Cantrell at the High Times Canada's Cup in 2009, promoting his new album, Keep on the Grass. Oh, yeah. You can tell the video is like, it's a little squirt. Yeah, you can tell like the cameras weren't as good. But this is a good shot. I should check this video out some more. Uh, We won't do that on this podcast podcast. Oh, there it is. You can hear some of it. (laughs) <laughs> That's in front of like 2,000 2, stone yeah, Dutch people. They gave me like five, 10 minutes to do some stand up and then introduce uh, some awards. And then I also did some more stand up earlier in the show. And then I did some. I've told this story before on this podcast, so I don't want to go too deep on that. Because uh, the, the set. Uh, I've done better sets, (laughs) but the set is great. Uh, Well, I don't know about, I had a fun, I remember walking off being like, wow, I I did well. Usually you could trust your instincts on that. Um, I had a great weekend. I actually got to work with Tracy Morgan again. We flew up to Syracuse. We did the Funny Bone Comedy Club in Syracuse. I mean, he sells these things out like, beforehand it holds about 400 it's in a mall it's sweet but it's two shows a night and it's just packed and you just go in there and i'm doing like you know 10 minutes 15 minutes up front and it's uh it's a great gig but uh and it was simple like we flew up to syracuse i flew out of new newark uh we didn't take the private jet we just did commercial which was a lot of fun uh and simple because it was like, that's like an eight hour drive. So it's like a 30 minute flight. So it was so easy. So it's literally like, I leave on Friday, I'm in Syracuse, New York in front of 400 people, eight o'clock show, 400 people at 10 o'clock show and uh, hanging with Tracy Morgan, hanging with <laughs> Mark Theobald, uh, all the guys on the road that he rolls with. And it was great to be back and touring with them did some new material, was feeling the pop, and uh, that was great, man. But now I'm back in New York, uh, putting it all together. Uh, I'm actually downshifting a little bit. You know, I was doing a lot of spots. I was running out, like you could tell from these last two podcasts, my energy. And But I'm coming out of that funk, and I'm feeling really good. And I have to say, it was... I worked hard during the weekend, and then I just, man, I just slept. I went to bed, like, at 9, 10. I haven't done that in a while. And and I would sleep, 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 sleep. And even to the point I was getting up, like, at 5, and everybody gets up around 7 or 8 here with the fam. So I wasn't getting up early. I would just lay there and just rest. (laughs) That was one thing. So if you ever have a... Insomnia, that's something my mom has always told me. Uh, you know, instead of getting up and doing shit, just lay there. <laughs> just, your body needs the rest anyway. So maybe if you're not falling asleep, if you could just shut your mind down. And how I've been doing that lately is concentrating on how grateful I am and just uh, just being grateful. Uh, that, that kicks out any demons or any uh, any fear thoughts, as well as singing, as we went over the last time. i got to bust out some... I've been playing guitar, I've been working out, um, I've been writing, could be a little bit... It's just writing scripts, but I'm getting better at it. I don't want to be down on myself. I'm pushing it through. Um, I'm going to make a big push this week, and I'm going to lay low and do some shows, but it... i got some stuff coming up. Um, that I know that I could be on the road for a couple more weeks. So I'm going to lay low and uh, work on the writing and push that through. Work on the discipline. you got to get the reps in. Everything's about reps and discipline, you know. Um, I I hit the Blink Gym today. Uh, I stretched. When I say I do yoga, I stretch. I can go through my stretches, but I want to hit this diesel. This is the first puff of the day. This is pure flour. I got a great cup of Ethiopian think coffee. Mm. I got a tall glass of seltzer. Um I'm I'm feeling good. Spring is starting to come out, man. It's been a long winter. It snowed up in fucking Syracuse. Syracuse, New York. There's really nothing but the college. It's just a big ass state college with a gazillion students, and the whole town runs on it. But we stayed at a really cool hotel, like a really nice hotel that had a bomb ass coffee shop. I should, I almost grabbed a bag of coffee from there. They were roasters. I don't know what the name of it was, but uh, it was a, it was like a Marriott. But I. What's happening is like. Some of these top hotel places are buying out these classic old hotels in some of these towns. The thing about hotels is secondary cities are small. It's just like, it's airports. New York hotels suck. It's so small. The real estate's so expensive. You know, even San Francisco hotels are so small. And, you know, you can find some funky ones. Both of them you can find funky ones. But it just may not be worth the fucking money for the funk. But uh, when you go into secondary towns like Syracuse and like Pittsburgh, those airports are so fucking great because you can get in and out of them in 30 minutes. Like uh, somebody had the pre-clearance and I was in Syracuse that I was traveling with and I totally beat them. that TSA pre-clear, you know, they had the pre-clear and I had regular clearance. I had to take off your shoes and your belt. And uh, hopefully you're not wearing funky socks. When I go through security, I always wig out about that. First, you wig out because you take off your belt. So you're like, okay, because my pants always sag. Uh, I've gotten better with age about pulling my pants up and not having my butt crack out. Um, you know, when you're young, you just don't give a fuck. I wasn't like sagging pants, but I just wasn't a fucking, I wasn't a fucking uh, needle mire uh but whenever i go through those things i'm always like did i wear do i have clean socks on because you don't want the funk man funky feet oh man is there anything worse than funky ass feet like it just ruins (laughs) fucking mood uh I mean, a funky feet, like a fart will just dissipate, you know? A fart will go like this cloud of smoke I just blew. You know, just fucking classic flower. I got my favorite one-hitter, the glass one-hitter. Uh, but it has a knob on a nice blown knob on the end, so it doesn't look too crack-pipey. <laughs> That's the thing about one-hitters. Sometimes they could look crack-pipey. Not that there's anything wrong with crack. <laughs> Uh, but uh, this is a nice, but it has Space Invaders, all these cool Space Invaders joints. Um, But yeah, when you're going through security, I'm always worried about funky-ass feet smell, and I'm always worried about my ass hanging out because my belt's off, and I'm always like, okay, pull up my pants, and then you always worry about your shit, and if you smoke weed, maybe you got some herb on you, you know, maybe you got some weed out um so you're always kind of thinking did i smoke all that or did i get rid of that did i throw that away or did i give that away to my friend um because you you know you don't want to get caught slipping but the thing is it's getting more and more legal like i will say cbd just announced on walgreens is going to sell cbd i mean cbd is getting so official like it's ridiculous as it should you know, especially with, you know, the big pharmaceutical and all the, you know, oxycotton and all, man, Jack Herrera, I don't know if you guys know about Jack Herrera, but Jack Herrera wrote this book, and I don't know, I'm not super heavy weed dude, sometimes I <laughs> do, but sometimes I'm not, uh, just like anything, you know, even if, even if you're into Star Wars, you know, sometimes you take a break and watch fucking, um, sometimes you take a break and, <laughs> Uh what's that dance? <laughs> Sometimes you watch Beat Street. Or I was going to say Step Off or whatever whatever that was with the, like I like Beat Street. That's a great movie. If you want to see a real cool 80s hip hop New York movie. I don't know everybody should know Beat Street. I haven't watched it all the way through. I actually know I am going to get some guesses in this podcast. Uh I don't wa- I don't have to and I don't uh need to uh, I just Googled Beat Street into fucking... Oh, man. The, the thing about Beat Street, they have the best dance battle, the best break-off at the Roxy. The Roxy battle. Check out Beat Street 1984 HD. The Roxy battle. It's at 720p. Uh, that isn't as high-def as I want it. It can get more high-def. It is one of the somat- cinematography-wise... It is so fucking ill, and the cameras that are using. There it is. If you know hip hop, you know this. This is the fucking scene. Alright, I don't want people to, you know, There's Beat Street. So it is. Okay, so Lee's hanging out in Beat Street. Tito, he calls his boys. He sees, he calls out his his dance crew, he's like, Tito, he sees the other crew, like, this dance scene, like, I know it's been, like, done, and, what is that, all those other dance movies in the 90s and 2000s, like, but this, this is the, this is fucking, this is the most hip-hop shit ever, this break-off. The Bronx Rockers. I mean, I know you, in Wild Style, they do like more of a documentary style. They actually, if you want to go deep, it goes Wild Style and then Style Wars are the two like ri- indie, those were the two indie New York hip hop movies of the early 80s. We're talking 78 to 81. That's when Blondie was doing that whole, like, man from Mars, eating guitars, and eating farts, and eating bars, and eating Mars bars, and eating Kit Kats. Uh, have you tried the dark chocolate Kit Kat? It's a bomb ass uh, candy bar, and they don't sell them everywhere, so look out for the dark chocolate Kit Kat. It's out there. but. No, uh, the two films that were right before Beat Street, because Beat Street was a major movie. I think it's Universal or not Lionsgate, but I think it's like Columbia or Universal. It was, it's a major, this was a major movie. I mean, it wasn't up there with Flashdance, but yeah, it was like a big major movie that was in movie theaters and shit, man. I, did, I think I was too young to see it in the movie theater and I wanted to go and they wouldn't let me. I know that's how it was in Crush Groove. When Crush Groove came out, there was like all these, all this violence in the movie theater. And I remember my in Detroit, I was staying with my, my aunt in Detroit and I wanted to go see Crush Groove. Dude, I used to break dance so hard in the, in the early 80s. Like, I don't know, if you listen to my album, listen to my album, Pure Uncut Joy on Spotify. If you, okay, here's a boom, Footnote if you want to know about my relationship with hip-hop music check out the fresh festival Track on Spotify or iTunes and mostly all your streaming services. It's called. It's a 13 minute Story it's a hunk of my first concert And I was really into hip-hop and it was uh, the fresh festival. Okay, the lineup was Graham from Master Flash Houdini uh, Run DMC and the Fat Boys. It was fucking sick. And I do think um, what the breakers from Breaking was there. The Bugaloo Shrimp. I think he opened the show, but these guys, I mean, that was the first concert I saw in Roanoke, Virginia, and you can hear all about it. But I remember I was breaking. I was writing graffiti, I was like 11 or 12, and I lived in D.C., and, I, and then I lived in this town in Virginia, Buena Vista, Virginia, Buena Vista, Virginia. Um, and I loved breakdancing, man. That was my shit. Uh, I don't want to go do my whole bit on this fucking thing. I don't want to tell you the whole story. But the gig is is that, I mean, I consumed most media. If it had breakdancing in it, it, it had anything hip-hop, I definitely went through it with a fine tooth comb. I, you know, in the last episode, I talked about listening to a lot of like early thrash metal. Like my neighbor uh, Jeff Sherlock across the street was was in like an early thrash band called Nosferatu in uh, Virginia, and and uh, so and I was friends with him, and he introduced me to like Jimi Hendrix, um, all this like thrash speed metal that started to evolve out of that and he was in like a band that he opened for Metallica like when they had Cliff Burton and shit man um but I wasn't really into it I just would look at it like I wasn't like I was like the dude like I was like oh yeah I guess it's kind of cool you know and he <laughs> you know he had numchucks and shit I'd be like yeah you know but when hip-hop came in I was just all fucking in like getting tapes uh, talking to people. I took breakdance lessons I could, in Lexington, Virginia with Storm and Norman. I don't know if I have ever told this story. Like I used to take my mom, I was the only kid into breakdance and in the Buena Vista and, and there was this great breakdancer, one of the best breakdancers in Lexington. His name was Storm and Norman and he lived at an orphanage, dude. And uh, my mom would take me over there and I uh, pay this dude like, I don't know, five or 10, 15 my mom's kind of (laughs) cheap, she was like a widow, see, it all happened when my dad died, and I was just a young, spastic kid, that, uh, and I wasn't into sports, my brother's, like, super into sports, I was not good at it, I just didn't like sports that much, but I loved fucking hip-hop, and I loved breakdancing, um, and I, uh, Consumed a lot of media, and I loved the movie Beat Street. That was my shit, man. I had, it was the early days of VCR. We weren't the first family to get the VCR. It was, we were later down the line, but when we did, the, we had like five movies. One was 16 Candles, but one of them was Beat Street, and I literally watched Beat Street every day of my life when I was like 12, 11, 13. Uh, maybe not 13. Yeah, like, yeah, around there. Um... But yeah, so the two early films are Style Wars, which is a graffiti documentary, but they do show some breaking in it. And back then, when you would see footage of New York and New York breaking, you'd be like, oh shit, that's fucking the real, you know, deal. Like, that's right when it was spawning out, and it didn't look like anything else. Um, and it was funky, and it was fresh. And then... The other one is a movie called Wild Style, which is about graffiti writers, but has even more rapping. It has like a big concert at the end. And it's about this love story of this graffiti writer, I believe. And then Beat Street kind of took a little elements of both these stories. And Beat Street was a major film. And I actually got to meet the writer of Beat Street. And he worked at High Times. This was all coming together. And I do want to get this guy on as a guest. I don't know, he's maybe still, I got to check if he, I think he's still alive, Steve Hager, but he's the founder of the Cannabis Cup. And we did some short films together when I, got, when I was hanging at High Times and doing a lot of their events. I did some short films with Steve Hager and he actually wrote the script to Beat Street. That's what it was crazy. It, would, it was blowing my mind. He was the script writer for the movie Beat Street, Stephen Hager. And Stephen Hager was the head editor at High Times Magazine. And then he, uh, he was the guy who made the Cannabis Cup, the name of, you know, Cannabis Cup. He came up with that. And he's a cool cat, uh, Google him up, great history, great writer, and he's written uh, some movies and he's written some books and he's been an editor for some stuff. And I know he's into conspiracy theories and stuff like that, but uh really cool cat, and, re- and he, he was the guy that introduced me, there was one time I was in his office, this is a true story, I was in his office, and I was always up there trying to get him to do short films, or, you know, I got to write on a couple articles, or open, but I also would smoke herb, it was like an open place to smoke herb out, in New York City, and it was safe, and uh, this is, you know, seven years ago, I don't wanna <laughs> rat anybody out. Okay, it was, uh, it was People Magazine. <laughs> it was uh, Homes and Lifestyles. One of the, it was Martha Stewart Magazine. No, uh, but I was hanging in his office and it was me, uh, Reggie Watts, who's his fa- who's a beatboxer comedian dude, who's amazing, um, and but he also hosts the band of the, um, that late show on CBS, the one after Colbert, and he also was in a band that I knew of from Seattle, and uh, he was there. Reggie Watt. It was Reggie Watts walked in, but it was me and Stephen Hager, the guy, the head guy at High Times, who wrote <laughs> the script to Beat Street, and then it was me. Uh, oh. Grandmaster Kaz. Now, Grandmaster Kaz was friends with Stephen Hager. They're about the same age. When you meet somebody that's the same age as you as you get older, there's some type of brotherhood there because you have all the same reference points. And Stephen Hager and Grandmaster Kaz, he wrote about Grandmaster Kaz. He was the first, he worked for the Village Voice and a couple, but he was like one of the first people to ever write about hip hop. And, uh, and I believe he wrote for the Village Voice, but he would do um, early interviews as a white dude in the you know mid late '70s with the Cold Crush Brothers and Grandmaster Flash when that was all bubbling up. And he was part of that whole village scene. So that at that same time, that's when Andy Warhol and Velvet Underground and CBGB, that was all happening, man. In terms of art in New York in the 80s and 70s, man, you can't, you really can't hold the candle to it in terms of variety and the amount of... Um, in the stuff that was happening, like, there's no place in the universe was popping like that, you know, you had all that CBGB stuff, all that punk rock, you had this new fucking hip-hop thing that's absolutely taking over the world, but it was in the beginning stages, and then it's just New York, all, you know, the World Trade Center, uh, the Stock Exchange, Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the New York Yankees. You know, all of that, you know, the biggest city in the world, all coming together in the biggest art scene, because there's a lot of money, and then there's a lot of people, and a lot of struggling people, and art and money meet somewhere uh, amongst all the subways and falafel shops and hot dog stands and slice joints. There's no place like New York, but I am looking forward to going out to California In July, I'll know that, I'll give you the date soon, but I know I'm going to be out there. Um, Actually, I'm going to be going to Big Sur, so maybe I'll do an episode from Big Sur. I'm camping out there. I want to take some stuff on the road. I want to do some variety. I want to interview some people. So, yeah, I want to ask Steven Hager, uh, the dude that wrote this. But he wrote it. I guess that the whole story was he wrote it, and then the, the then the suits. This is back in the day when you know a head studio. I know he made a lot of money selling that script, even back then. That was the '80s, and that's big money Hollywood. And uh, I think he told me the story. I think he. I don't know if it's true, but I think he t- just sent his bank account number to the head, and gave him the number he wanted, and they just dropped it right in there. Um, Because within the negotiations, I don't know, there was some type of story, and knowing him, yeah, you know, know, he's a classic stoner, a little bit ahead of his time, um, just going towards the love and the interest, going towards the interest and going towards the love. Love, sorry for the burp, (laughs) love is the message, you know. And uh, yeah, I loved meeting Stephen Hager and getting to know him. So I'd love to have him on this show about cannabis and coffee. He may uh, totally be into it. I don't know if he drinks coffee. I bet he drinks kombucha or something. He's always, one time, yeah, he's an interested dude, man. One time I asked him what pet animal he would ever wanted, and he brought up this bobcat. There's like this. Thing that's bigger than a cat, that's kind of like a bobcat thing. <laughs> He's telling me he wanted one of those things as a pet. Do you guys have pet? I don't have a pet. I have a robot dog <laughs> in this plant. The plant's rocking right now. I over-watered it, though, man. I got this hanging plant. And, you know, you got to water your plants. And sometimes you're off and your plant gets all dusty and ashy. And the plant's like, man, fuck you. I'm dying over here, man. Give me some water. You know, but sometimes you're feeding it and I've been overfeeding my plant. I've been chilling so hard. I've been watering my plants too much. (laughs) That's how low key I've been taking it, man. I've been watering my plants too much Um, um, because it started dripping. But thank God my laptop wasn't there, man. Uh, Or that would have been bad news. And this podcast is all about the good news. And the good news is you're alive. And you're listening to this track, no. Can I say the word jive? I don't know. It's not that live to say jive. But you got to stay alive. I'm not the grateful dead. I'm the grateful alive. Yeah, motherfucker, this is how I slide. Up in the place. I'm rocking the place. I'm doing the beats. I'm doing the lace. On the shoes, I'm talking there real fat and then I hit the floor and it's like that. I'm doing head spins, I'm doing windmills, I'm doing a moonwalk, Oh shit that kills. That Michael Jackson documentary, can't do the moonwalk anymore, oh shit. <laughs> I was thinking that as material. Like this, you know, and, and I don't, I don't Well, you know, I said I didn't want to get political, but, you know, Michael Jackson molesting little boys isn't political. Uh, I just thought the joke angle, some material, I hope, I know it's nothing to laugh at, but you can't even do, because it's such a bummer. You're like, ah, shit, you can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore? They still play him everywhere. Can't do the moonwalk anymore? Shit. But to tell you the truth, I'll tell you the bomb-ass truth, and a lot of people love Michael Jackson, I guess. And there was a moment in the 80s, I heard that album coming out. My cool cousin, my older cool cousin that lived in Roanoke, another connection to Roanoke, played that album for me. I remember they were like, you know, and they were in their young 20s, and they were like, you got to listen to this album, Thriller. And everybody, and then it just took over the whole fucking world. They were just like a little bit ahead of just the whole world, but it was like so great. Uh, And the moonwalk took off. But even as big as that was, I liked it, but it wasn't like hip-hop. It wasn't like hip-hop for me. And just the timing. You know, Michael Jackson was mainstream. Like, hip-hop was not mainstream, man. This was Grandmaster Kaz. This dude's rapped about doing coke and shit live on stage over a fucking record, doing some shit from outer space, man, some shit nobody even heard before, man. Fucking Jam Master Jay hooking it all up, booming out the speakers. Shout out to all the techie dudes, man. (laughs) The dudes that um, hook up the speakers, your sound guys, man. Because a lot of the hip hop is more about the equipment, the sound dudes but after doing stand-up comedy or doing performances or if you've ever played in bands or dealt with audio engineering you end up hanging with some techies that are just into audio engineering like there's always the sound guy and those guys are characters man those guys are hilarious Uh, and but some are good and some are bad some people are fascinating they could hook up systems that's kind of like hooking up a bomb ass uh, stereo system. You just you first you got to get some speakers, you know? Band, I knew this dude my my roommate in college, man. He was a he was a serious stereo head, man. This dude, you concentrated on the speakers. First you get the speakers. And he had something where he was saving up and he would buy these fucking awesome Polk, I think they were. There's always Bose. I do have one of those Bose bricks. Do you guys rock the little Bose bricks on the Bluetooth? That's the other thing about going around with Tracy Morgan. He does carry like one of those Bluetooth speaker speaker joints. And then he just plays a lot of soul and R&B and hip hop. And also all kinds of funky shit, man. He plays, <laughs> he plays, what's that? Sal, Christopher King. Takes me, he loves that song. So he'll, he'll play that and he just plays his his beats, his boom, his booming system when he walks around the airport and you're walking around with him and he's playing beats and it's actually very good and soothing. <laughs> it's very hip hop, man. But speaking of hip hop, but I want to get people, I want to get Steven Hager possibly on this. I don't know. I, should, I haven't seen the dudes. I, I, I shouldn't be talking some shit, but maybe I'll reach out to him. And I've got to turn that, that off. I don't want anybody to shut this down for rights reasons. But that was me talking over a a stolen YouTube video for 10 seconds. But if that shuts it down, that shuts it down, man. That's where it's all going to. Content is king. People are doing it. We're doing it. The numbers are going up. I appreciate you listening, podcast, cannabis cot podcast heads out there. I see you. And uh, I appreciate you. Right, hit the like button and subscribe, tell your friends, pump the beets up, make some hummus, (laughs) make some food, make some grilled cheeses. Uh, Yeah, I didn't eat lunch before this podcast, but the coffee and the herb out are bringing me through, and the power seltzer. And maybe I'll get a burrito after this. Man, I I, I did a Chipotle the other day, it hit me, man, and it was actually really good. (laughs) Even though I'm such, I, I listen back to this podcast. I talk about San Francisco so much in this podcast, man. It's insane. Uh, it's just where I was in my, you know, mid twenties. You know, probably in the prime of my life. And it was a beginning, a change in my life. Like I took that step towards my dream, and that's brought me to this moment here and i love my life i'm grateful i'm grateful to be alive i'm grateful alive instead of the grateful dead i'm grateful alive (laughs) uh dude i want to take it on tour man come out and check people are selling tickets to their fucking podcast i could do stand-up comedy and i could play some of these beats man uh i'm making beats i people are telling me they like the beats well some people uh, they think it's funny. Um, I like it. I'm just going to make shit I like. That's what, what, I'm doing this writing thing, and I'm just trying to write what I want to see. I want to do what I want to hear. And, uh, and the technology is getting just so user-friendly with all this stuff. You know, with everything that you bitch about technology, the vice versa, you know, the flip side to It's just like, oh, well, you can do this, that, and YouTube has come in handy for this that and we're all evolving and learning and growing and just learning to love and work it out um i worked out today i did my three sets of pull-ups yesterday i didn't i did my core i just stretched when i say i do yoga i just do stretch i go i do child's pose right which is like that squatting frog laying down thing <laughs> and then I go into the cobra or the baby cobra uh, cobra is just like doing a push-up and putting your pelvis down to the ground and arching your back all the way up so you're like a snake like you're a cobra thing or you go just the elbows and then I go from that I go downward dog and then I do the alternative feet like the bending of the knee and like you know kind of Cause it's all about your hamstrings. I'm learning more about your body. It's all about stretching your hamstrings. And that's when I started stretching. That's when I started taking it serious. I started getting in my forties. One day I tried to stretch and I couldn't like bend. I couldn't even get near my knees. Like I was like, and the thing about flexibility, you can work on flexibility. Um, And it's a good thing to be stoned and do too. Uh, Your body is just aching, man. Every day we're pounding it and slamming it and walking around like it, so. You gotta stretch, man. I mean, every day I stretch, every fucking day. I've been getting down and doing the child's pose to the baby cobra to the downward dog, alternating it, and then you want to go into warrior fo- pose and step up and go like you're catching a fat wave, like the surfer. The warrior pose is just like you standing like a certain. It's the basic athletic stance with slightly bending knee and giving it a little bounce. I wrestled since the third grade, so I know all about stretching and working out. I played sports my whole life. I wasn't ever that good at it or into it, but it does. Sports is kind of cool, too. I like basketball. I've been getting back into basketball a little bit. But I don't have that much time. I gotta write, trying to watch more TV and movies that I enjoy and that I want to see and write and see how it's all done and played. Oh, I posted a new PMA video called Church. It's up on my Instagram. My Instagram right now. It's called uh, my Instagram is rob uh, at rob eighty eight cantrell at rob eighty eight cantrell. I think that's it. Let me double check that shit, man. (laughs) Rob. Rob, 88 Cantra. I'm not tripping. No, that's it. So, yeah, I posted our PMA number six. It's called Church. Oh, shit. We're making some moves. Uh, It's a two-panel. It's a panel thing. the thing about ig ig is the street these days man like everybody finds out about you on ig or you find out everybody's everybody's fucking creeping on each other it's so fucking weird social media is kind of a bummer not the not the bummer but then there's 50 50 it's a way to hustle and get your thing out it's it's a cheap pr system um But I do think that you got to cleanse yourself of it sometimes. That's what I've been thinking about is taking a a technology cleanse, you know? Fucking just going off the grid technology-wise. I could. We all could. (laughs) Uh, But I need you to listen to this fucking podcast, yo. Uh, No. uh, Yeah. Podcasts, I think, are chill. Um... And I enjoy doing this, man. I have a blast doing this. And even if it's just a diary or even if it's just working out a few ideas, I was thinking about uh, some of the stuff i got to listen back to. But I was at the uh, grocery store the other day. And, uh, yeah, when you sign out on the electric joint, <laughs> when you sign your credit card on the electric, nobody gives a fuck what you write, man. Nobody... You could write anything, man. You can write P Diddy on there. That's when we start doing, and it'll still accept it as your signature. <laughs> Nobody doesn't. It, the computer never non. Maybe in the days of AI, that shit's gonna change, but hopefully not. Uh, I don't know. It's so weird because uh, you just sign anything. And it's like okay, accepted. But maybe that's a uh, you know a law thing that uh, they have to do that, just for record. Even if you sign it wrong, they got something. Um, just packed another one. I'm not sure if I want it or not. But I kind of do, because it's Sour Diesel. I'll drink some water. Uh, I, I myself have some shows at Come coming up. I'm supposed to to a show at union hall with matt cough and i believe that in case i don't think i have to cancel and usually if i go out on the weekend with tracy morgan it's just a friday and saturday so i should be able to make it but that's uh sunday the 14th look out for that check me out on twitter and you can see my dates i'll definitely put up dates i know that's when that one's been tweeted out um sipping on this coffee i i ha- already had espresso today this is awesome coffee check out think coffee they got great coffee shops i've been there there's one next to the the famous bookstore in new york the best one um it's a used bookstore used bookstore there's a think coffee right by it and that's a uh, new york let's see Uh-uh-uh. No, no, that's not it. Independent bookstores. They rate cities on how good a city is. is I saw this in, like, uh, some type of global magazine, like one of those magazines for rich people. Um, But they they rate cities by how many independent bookstores there are. That was one of the deciding factors, how dope the place is, is how many... uh, Independent bookstores are on soon. That will be record stores, too You gotta have that stuff can't be all fucking Subways and Papa John's man uh, Shout out to all the small businesses in America. I love all these bookshops and uh, Coffee shops I love, I should I, I, I should get the name of the coffee shop that I went to in Syracuse at the hotel uh, let's see. Let's see if it pops up. Starbucks at Circus Search <laughs> at MGM. Is Circus Circus still a? Uh, I guess so. Is Circus? Still, I guess MGM maybe bought. At Circus Circus Hotel and Resort. Circus Circus in, uh, in, in fucking Las Vegas, man. Um, this is a, I, think, I don't think I've spelled Syracuse right. It's a hard word. There's a Y in there? But I should have bought a bag of this, uh, I should have bought a bag of this coffee there. Because it was a great, great spot. Was it Sunshine? Um. No, that wasn't it. That place looks say so I don't want to dog them but it was a good place and they had a bag of beans I need to buy bags of beans when I'm on the roads we're gonna we're gonna go to Ethiopia we're gonna go to Rome we're gonna go to Amsterdam I gotta I gotta I love coffee coffee loves me uh and I love weed out uh, speaking of in this podcast this is a great excuse to smoke weed, Uh, and drink some coffee, and talk to you, and pump some beets, talk about some dates, talk about uh, stretching out, talk about health, oh yeah, at the gym, uh, they got this, like, it's not the elliptical, but it's like you're doing skis. They have the poles and you're climbing. Yeah, I got a, I've got been doing that. And I actually got the programming on the computer joint to go work really well on it. Um, so I kind of got it down. And I'm learning about my heart rate, like the pace. I want my heart rate around 120. I know that time I freaked out. It was like 130, 140. But you want it, but that isn't that bad, actually. <laughs> when I Googled it, it doesn't get bad until like 200 and 180. Um, you want it around 120 when you're working out for a consistent basis. So that's what I'm trying to try to do. Hit the elliptical 21 minutes. Boom. Hit the elliptical. But this time I'm doing the ski joint. And you're doing like that. And that's been, fu- uh, it's nice to change shit up, man. Hopefully, we'll be changing it up on this podcast and traveling and taking old-school bong hits and trying pens and some days just CBD. I almost just, uh... Uh, well, I almost just did a CBD coffee episode on this one. CBD is just getting so mainstream. It's everywhere. Like I said, Walgreens just announced. Walgreens is a major place. Like, yeah, CBD should be legal. Pot should be legal. And, um in for paper. That's what I think about the environment. Because there is arguments of all the hydroponics and all the chemicals that people are growing pot illegally in. Like I always said, man, I think it should be grown outside, harvested just like everything else. Um, it needs to take over where the tobacco companies took are going to go down because of all the cancer. You know, that's... Tobacco funded this country, you know. Um, You need to look to them and figure out what they did and what they did wrong. And look at all the places that have legalized. Like, look at Amsterdam. Look at, um, where else is legalized besides America on state levels? Canada. Canada and Jamaica. Canada and Jamaica. Canada and Jamaica. That's what I'm talking about. I love Canada and Jamaica. I want to go to Jamaica again. If you haven't listened to it, that's a great episode. Man, the beats on that episode I really like. It's not really Jamaican, but they're funky. Uh, they have kind of a cool, like, airy groove, I dig to it. Uh, I want to go to back to Jamaica, but I definitely want to go to BC, man. In Toronto, I, I could probably hook that up. When I go out to Midwest, like, isn't that where <laughs> Drake is from? I could do that town. Um, and they got legal. All of Canada has legal herb right now. And they have health insurance. Why do they, all their actors, why do they all want to be famous in the America? Damn, it's so weird. Uh, Canadians kill it in comedy. Kill it in comedy. We're talking... I'm wondering, is John Candy from Canada? Now, I love John Candy. John Candy is so funny, man. Um, and he passed away. But is he born in Canada? Let's see. Canadian comedian. Yeah, he's Canadian. John Candy, funny, 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 and funny. 43. Wow. What a life. Whoa. Died in Mexico. What was he doing down there? He was filming a movie. Of course he was. He was one of the funniest dudes ever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I love John Candy. Uh, I love plane trains and automobiles. Uh, What else? Uncle Buck. But I also liked him in Blues Brothers and Second City stuff. Was John Candy on SNL? He must have been on SNL. No, I think... Second City Television, yeah. Stripes. Oh, my God. How hard did he kill it in stripes? Oh, my God. Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, Warren Oates, John Candy, John Larroquette. Oh, man. Judge Reinhold. Is Judge Reinhold still alive? Was that the judge? No, I was thinking of somebody else. who The dude in Night Court. That that now that had a funky ass theme song. The <laughs> Night Court theme song. Um, let's see here. That was a crazy show, man. Night Court was this fucking pretty. Uh, yeah Harry Anderson, Harry Anderson was a great comedian, it had Barney, the series was created by comedy writer Reinhold Wedgie, Weegee, w-e-e-g-e, who previously worked on Barney Miller, which is another favorite, Barney Miller is actually the funkiest theme song, the best bass line in the world comes from Barney Miller, Barney Miller is my grandfather's favorite show ever, is an American sitcom set in the New York City Police Department station on East Sixth Street in Greenwich Village. The series was broadcasted January 23rd in 1975 to May 20th in 1982 on ABC. It was created by Danny Arnold and Theodore, oh, this guy was, okay, yeah. Now, that was a great show, but the theme song was amazing, man. I want to play it, but, I, you know, i got to figure out all these rights. And maybe if I talk over and it's bad sound, you know, the gazillion, billion, trillion listeners that I have, you know, you'll get back to them, you know. <laughs> the Varney the Bar- the Miller people, I don't want to get shut down by them. They live in New York, man. They're going to shut me down. I enjoy doing this podcast. Let's keep it moving, keep it grooving. Uh, the Canvas Coffee Hour, Think Coffee, I dig it. Good beans. Uh, check out uh, Kelly and Sue Ethiopia, a social project coffee. Check it out. Check it out. Um, but I'm gonna review. Well, oh man, I just got. A mouthful of, like, (laughs) coffee beans. Um, The French press, I guess I did the second one, but you know when you pour a fresh cup, you always get some beans run off, and that's what you get at the bottom there. That's what's good about the espresso that I had earlier. I need to change it up. We have done so much French press on this um, podcast, and I need to get out there. need to take it out on outside and check out actual coffee cups, cafes. I need to try to maybe do that. That's a way I can change up. Get outside, see some sun. Because I did think that one that I took the seat, there's an episode in this podcast that I probably took the first time anybody broadcasted (laughs) drinking CBD coffee, but I did it in Prospect Park. I don't know what kind of stat that is. <laughs> but uh, but I w- we went to Prospect Park and uh, it was amazing. So I need to go out. But the sound, the only problem I was saying this was the sound was messed up. Because I wasn't used to taking this setup outside, you know? So I caught a lot of wind and I remember it being really windy. And I just need to practice it more. Maybe invest in getting better mics. could use a sponsors. Anybody that's into this podcast, we're doing it. I'm getting better at playing the guitar. It's the cannabis coffee hour. We're going really far into outer space without a trace. We're doing it live in your face. I'm working it. I'm grooving it. I'm straight groovin'.